Hello and welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. And with me, as always, is the grey wheel, Ruben Williams. How are you, mate? G'day, Ryan. I'm fantastic, mate. In fact, I could not be better because we're going to Qatar. The Socceroos are through to the FIFA World Cup. I've been up since 3.30am this morning. I have had about two or three hours sleep last night. Uh, I've just been running off coffee after coffee, uh, but I could not be happier right now. The FIFA World Cup is the best event in the world and Australia is going to be there. So I'm stoked. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big day. And for those listening, I've never seen a man so keen on the Socceroos, (laughs) I must say. Ruben is wearing a Tim Cahill Australian (laughs) kit to the workplace today. (laughs) That says it all in terms of passion for the Socceroos. I've never (laughs) met anyone like him. Uh, but yeah, it is a great day, mate. I must say, World Cup qualifiers have a different taste. Uh, everybody just seems to get really hyped by the Soccer World Cup. Mm. So uh, it is a good day today. And yeah, I, I don't know how you're functioning at uh, waking up at 3.30 a.m. But you are built different. And I've known <laughs> that for some time. So yeah, it's a great day and very exciting episode. This is like one of those episodes that we just think, oh, should we do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, well, it's a great one today. I'll, well, I'll give you a bit of context to this because I've, I mentioned I've been up since 3.30 a.m. I went over to my yep. friend Daniel's house to, to watch it with my friends Scott and Cam and uh, we're jumping around the couch just going absolutely nuts. And then uh, on my way from Clifton Hill to Cremorne to come to work, um, I then start FaceTiming <laughs> our man Sam Hickson. <laughs> Our man on the ground. Our man on the ground, Sam Hickson, uh, beloved sports grad member. Yeah. Uh, who starts to tell me all about the game. He starts, sh- starts showing me the field, starts taking me inside the rooms and all that. Uh, it's like 12.30 a.m. where he is. Yeah. And I was like, mate, we need to get you on the podcast. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, cool. Let me just go celebrate. Then I'll have a few hours of sleep and then I'll jump on whenever you need. That's yeah. fine. So it's now what? You know, 3.30 in the afternoon. Yep. It's been 12 hours since I woke up. Uh, and Sam has qualified for the World Cup, <laughs> celebrated, gone to bed, and then just jumped on the podcast in that time. So yeah. <laughs> this is as raw as it gets. Yeah, we love raw podcasts. I must say, the we didn't have a lot of notes in front of us, which was fantastic. <laughs> and that, that's the kind of podcast we love. We love mm. it off the cuff. So mm. very excited. I love how you were uh, FaceTiming someone on your bike on the way in. So. <laughs> Very, very funny. <laughs> uh, let's get cracking into it. If you don't know who we are, I'm Ryan Walker. He is Ruben Williams. And we are two mates who met at Cricket Australia. Now we help find people find their own dream job like Sam through this very podcast and our online community. If you want to follow us, head over to our LinkedIn or even better, if you want to connect, connect with us and hundreds of others working in sport, jump into the sports track community. Yes, and a quick shout out to our all of our friends inside the sports grade community. In particular, our guest today, Sam Hickson, who has joined the community, uh, joined the community back in January, and has been a beloved member ever since. Over the last three weeks, he's just been sharing content from Doha on our Discord channel yeah. to our beloved members, letting them inside the camp and all that. Uh, and so, just having him on has been incredible. To give you an insight into Sam's background, he came out of a sport management degree at Western Sydney University before jumping into a uh, role at the Western Sydney Wanderers Football Club. He's been in uh, match day precinct coordinator. He's been a community coordinator. He's been in, in events as well. And just 
a short 10 or 11 months ago, he made the jump into Football Australia. And in that time, he's had some pretty enviable experiences. If I wasn't doing this right now, Ryan, Sam's job is literally my dream job. So um, incredible to chat with him and just amazing to have a first-hand look inside mm. the Socceroos camp straight after they've qualified for the World Cup. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Very, very exciting episode. Uh, Sam is one of our favourites in the community, obviously. Um, now, you mentioned Sam's on a, a sports management degree. We know there's one place to do that, and that is Deacon, who's been a proud supporter of the Sports Grab podcast since day dot. They recently did a national survey uh, that, that found that while nearly all Australians believe that Australia is a sporting nation, there is still low awareness of the projected industry growth and career potential in sport, which is staggering to, to you and me. But Australia is about to enter the golden decade of sport. We've spoken about this a lot. There is a lot happening in the next uh, 10 years. So basically, if you want to be at the front of the line with those, all the jobs, and when I say jobs, it'll be thousands of opportunities that come up. Deakin is uh, is the place for you. So head over to the Deakin website uh, to check out all the available courses. Sports management is a great one. They're uh, number one in the world for sports science, uh, which is amazing, and number six in the world for sport-related subjects. So Deakin is the uh, the one-stop shop if you want to get on the front foot and uh, and progress your career in sport in the next golden decade. Uh, and rightly so for that number one uh, ranking. Fantastic place. Now, uh, a quick word on Sam before we jump in. The last time we beat a South American country to qualify for the World Cup in a penalty shootout was 2005. Yeah. And that was the first time that the Socceroos had qualified for the World Cup in 32 years. And it's gone down as one of the greatest moments in Australian sporting history. What the listeners are about to hear is essentially an insight to working at a game of that magnitude. Yeah. Sam is on the ground in Doha. Let's get straight into it because this is phenomenal. Awesome. Grab a pen. Enjoy the chat with Sam Hickson. Sam Hickson, all the way from Doha in Qatar for the Australian qualifier against Peru. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm good. And as you can tell, I'm, I'm starting to lose my voice. Um, there's not much of a voice left after last night. <laughs> well, mate, we are so excited back here in Australia too. I've been up since 3.30 a.m. over at my friend's house. We were all crowded around on the couch. There was coffee, popcorn, uh, blankets going everywhere. Everyone's that. got their jersey on. So we're all over the moon back in Australia. But to be in the stadium is something completely different. Um, so we just want to know exactly what was it like? Where were you watching the game from? How did it feel at different stages? And then when it came down to that last penalty shootout, how are you feeling then? But anyway, t- tell us, take us from the start. Where were you watching the game? So I was behind the bench um, in the te- technical seat. So all the overflow staff sit there. Um, so I had a pretty decent view of the field, um, you know, which is all- always nice. And um, I'm a very stressful watcher of football. <laughs> Um, especially for teams that I support. Um, for the UAE game, I think I spent half the game in the change room, just like stressing that, that we weren't going to win. Um, so for this game, I actually lasted the majority of the match um, in, in my seat, which was good. Um, although I was quite stressed at, at multiple points in, in the match. Um, 
couple of times had to head down to the change room, which sort of gave, gave me a breather, which was nice. And then, yeah, as soon as it got to the end of a period, so end of normal time or end of extra time, it always gets a little bit more nervous because if, if something goes wrong, there's not a lot of time to fix it. <clears throat> um, so, yes, yeah, so I was very on the edge, edge of my seat. And then when it came down to penalties, I was real stressed. We were all, um, all the staff in the technical seats were all standing up. Um, unfortunately, couldn't go down on, on the field to join, join the team um, on the side of the field. But we all stood up in the stand. And then um, when, yeah, when uh, Redmayne saved that, penalty i uh, just i just jumped i ran i knocked over the security guard we were just like running onto the field i'm pretty sure i jumped over our chef to get to the to get to the, the stairs to jump down so um it was just a feeling of pure happiness and, and elation from all, all, all of us that all this hard work you know we we've been traveling and and playing matches for over a thousand days um to get to this point um preferably shouldn't have gotten to that point um but but to, to get here and um to get a, a reward for all of our hard work was just a feeling i'll you know never forget wow mate sounds like one of the more epic sporting experiences <laughs> that anybody could really uh could really have but tell us about what, what it's like over there like what, what, what's happened since the game ended obviously we saw what happened on the field but talk us through what happened once the whistle blew um so after the match obviously we all you know ran onto the field um got out our t-shirts um i should have worn mine um and then it says back to back to back to back to back five world cups <laughs> in a row which is which is great amazing um and then obviously the boys um you know celebrated went back into the change rooms got some got some you know photos started the party um and then headed back to the hotel um had some family and friends of, of the players come and we just had a little um you know c- celebration of the hard work um and when i say little i mean I didn't get to bed till 5.30 and I was probably the first one to leave. So um, definitely not a little celebration. Mate, you've just qualified for a World Cup, so that's totally fair <laughs> enough. But one thing I would like to know is, was John Travolta in the rooms after the game? Because the last time Australia beat a South American country in a penalty shootout to qualify for the World Cup, John Travolta made his way down to the rooms to sing a few songs from Greece. So was John Travolta there? No, he wasn't. Um, unfortunately, but there were a couple of songs that, uh, yes, (laughs) the boys played a lot of songs, a lot of times, um, they had their probably favorite three and, and just went back to back on them. Sounds bloody amazing. One other thing I want to clarify as well is because you're a staff member, are you allowed to just run from the stands in the stadium and hop the fence legally and then just join everyone on the field? Like... Is that okay? <laughs> to be honest, that didn't cross my mind when we uh, when they missed the penalty. I didn't care. I was going to run. Um, but yeah, usually um, the technical staff are, are, are allowed down on, onto the field um, after full time to you know celebrate with the boys. Um, and I think one security guard against about fifteen of us, um, you know, players and staff, he wasn't going to stop us. <laughs> Tell us about the uh, the hero, Andrew Redmayne. Now. 
of for me personally i i was i was like who who's that uh and he's come on late in the game graham arnold absolutely amazing coaching decision has brought him on he's got the save tell us a bit about him you know what is he funny guy seems like he's a pretty great guy overall yeah he's great every morning he comes in, in into the mill room and says hello to everyone individually um always has a smile on his face always happy or always you know you know, willing to have, have a chat with you. Um, and he's a great goalkeeper, <laughs> um, you know, plays for Sydney FC in the A-Leagues a and um, has done really well there, but excels in penalty shootouts. Um, he was, you know, the hero for Sydney against Perth in the grand final a couple of years ago. Um, and that's where that, you know, penalty save technique came out. Um, and then it was great to see him back again last night doing the wiggles dance on on the line um and you know getting those two saves that's going to go viral i think any kid growing up who wants to be a goalkeeper is going to be doing that wiggles dance from from now on so uh yeah i think redders has just turned himself into a meme at the same time (laughs) especially his face after he saved that final shot just (laughs) just that grin of just like you know we actually did it smile um yeah it's it's uh it's it's great to see and it's a good reward for him he's worked hard um i think i saw on on the news this morning five five years ago he was going to retire um you know go back to teaching but um thankfully for us and for australia um he stayed stayed on and now he's a national hero Mm. where do do we rank this world cup qualifying match obviously we've had john aloisi and now we've got andrew redmayne (laughs) Where are we ranking him? Who's on top there? For me, I, I don't remember the 2006 qualification process. Um, and for me, I guess this one is, is a more personal one because I've actually, you know, worked behind the scenes to get these games on. And just the hard work that the boys put in, you know, like I said um, earlier, over a thousand days, um, you know, 14 away matches, you know, only four actual home games played in Australia um, in the entire qualification process. Players having to spend time in, in COVID isolation, in, you know, lockdowns. Um, it's definitely been the toughest qualification um, that we've had to go through as the Socceroos. And I think that's why Graham Arnold last night said it was one of his greatest achievements um, and probably, you know, one of Australia's greatest achievements, hard the boys worked and all the obstacles that they overcame um, to make a fifth World Cup. Well, Sam, this obviously means a lot to the country and there are a lot of people very excited at the moment. But what does this mean to you uh, specifically with regards to how far you've come in your career? Because you mentioned this is probably the peak of your short career in sport today what does it mean to you to have reached this point and experienced this moment given everything that you've been through to to get here yeah it's hard to to put it in words um it's amazing that i've i've achieved something that i've dreamt about in my entire life um so early in, in into my career i only started at football australia you know 10 or 11 months ago uh and when i started i definitely didn't think i'd be you know running onto the field in qatar um after the you know socceroos had qualified so um for, for me it it um it shows to me that i can you know achieve my dreams um you know, when i started football australia i just wanted to you know help the socceroos make a world cup um, i didn't exactly know in what way i would help um i thought i would just help by 
you know, organizing the matches, you know, home, home in Australia. Um, and then ended up, uh, helping, you know, press jerseys here in Qatar, um, you know, help with training and now, yeah, help us you know, qualify for the World Cup. It's it's an amazing feeling. You, you mentioned that you were you were mainly based here in Australia, and I remember when we we caught up here in Melbourne when Australia played Vietnam, and you said, "Oh, well, my role is primarily based in Sydney." Fast forward a couple of months, and you're you're on a plane to Doha. Tell us how that all happened. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I was just working at home as per normal when I got a phone call from my boss if I wanted to go to Doha, which was um, an, an amazing opportunity um, because we were going to have that, uh, you know, friendly against Jordan in the preparation for these World Cup qualifiers um, and the Qatar FA wanted some additional help on on ground from an event ops team. Um, so I was offered the opportunity to um, to head over here and, and assist with those, um, you know, with that friendly match and the pre- preparation for that. Um, and then, yeah, got, uh, got here, started working on, on those. And then our assistant team, team manager had to head home for fam- family reasons. And, um, I got the big call up. They, uh, they asked if, if I wanted to help out, um, you know, with the team, you know, whilst I, I, I was here and which was amazing because I didn't think that was going to happen. I was planning to just chill in my room, go explore the sites of Qatar and then ended up helping with training sessions and, um, kit. All, 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 all the gear and then yeah at, at the match that is unbelievable mate um and before when you were saying that your your career dream was to help take the socceroos to a world cup i almost wrote those words exactly on a email to get an internship i was applying to australian university sport and said my career goal is to help the socceroos qualify for a world cup and you've just done that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm proud as punch talking to you right now, having achieved, achieved my initial dream goal as well. It's, it's awesome to kind of um, hear your experience and learn everything that you've been going through because it's just awesome to have you a part of our community and, and understand what you've been through. So you should be very proud to, to get to where you are. It's, it's awesome what you're doing. But um, uh, what, happens, what happens before the game and, and what happens next? When you when you go over to Doha for four weeks, what are some of the operations and events that happen around the game? Yeah, um, so got here. I think it was like three and a half weeks ago. Now it's been so long. <laughs> um, it, you, you lose some track of time in the forty eight degree heat. Um, so essentially, the, the the preparation is just obviously planning towards each match. So um, for us, our first goal was that UAE game. Um, so we, we had that Jordan friendly, which we were preparing for with, um, training sessions, um, had that Jordan friendly, which was a great hit out for the boys. Um, I think Graham said it was the first time, um, that we'd come back from being one nil down, uh, you know, whilst he's been coached. So it was, it was great to see that fight from the boys and, you know, the want to win. Um, and then moving into that UAE game, um, just that focus was just completely on 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 that match um the boys were confident um we were always you know we will you know we will go to the next game we will be there against peru um we will be the the uae um and each training session sort of just built towards that goal we we had a plan we knew what um we wanted to achieve against you know the uae and how we wanted to play um and i think the boys executed that plan perfectly um 
it worked really well. You know, we won the game. Um, and then our focus just switched straight to the Peru game, making sure that we planned um, specifically for that Peru game. We knew what we needed to do. Um, change the team around to, to make sure it was able to, um, you know, to counteract um, the Peruvian attack, um, which I think we actually did really well. I think, um, you know, bringing Duke in who will just run and run and run all day um, and put that pressure on that Peruvian back line really um, surprised them. They're not used to being under that, that much pressure. They used to be able, able to just play. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, our, our preparation was fantastic um, for, 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 you know, for both games. And now we sort of turn our attention to the World Cup we have those friendlies in September um, coming up, which um, we will, you know, be a good preparation for the boys. And then um, I think the plan is um, to head, head head into Qatar a little bit early to have a bit of a pre-camp um, before our main camp starts. But um, yeah, I think our, our preparation starts now for the next matches. So you mentioned at the start that your group of Football Australia staff are called the the technical staff. And what you've just described to me there is all the ins and outs and strategy of Graham Arnold, the head coach. How privy are you to all this like incredible information about the national team, the Socceroos? Uh, probably not privy at all, actually. <laughs> um, I <laughs> the, the tech staff have their meetings um, each day, which uh, I'm not a part of because I don't have any say in what happens in, in, in the match. Um, but those, you know, the technical, uh, uh, the technical analysis guys, um, all, all the assistant coaches and, um, you know, Graham on himself meet each day to, um, to talk through what, you know, their plan is for the session and what their plan is for the greater goal of, you know, beating the UAE or Peru. Um, but no, I just, I just see what happens on field um, and then have to sort of work out what the plan was behind the scenes. Love it. It's, uh, it sounds like you are just, you're a bit of like the jack of all trades behind the scenes of the Socceroos, mate. It's, uh, it's incredible. Um, so what, what right now? So the game's done. What does the next sort of 24 hours bring? Well, after this, uh, we have to head down to the kit room to pack up every, everything um, because the freight people are coming at 4 p.m. So it's currently 8.13 in the morning uh, here in Doha. Um, and, yeah, we've got about eight hours to pack all of our equipment, tag it all, make sure it's all sorted and down the lobby ready to go. Um, and then in 12 hours, I'll be taking off, um, flying back home to Sydney um, to hopefully get some rest, <laughs> sort of have some downtime and calm down after the last sort of three and a half weeks. Um, and then it'll be good to, to go to head back and see the family and the missus who I haven't seen in a couple of weeks. So, yeah. Nice. And you'd probably, you'd probably a shoe in for, for the next trip to Doha, you would have thought. Maybe the World Cup even. I mean, given the look, given I, what you've done on this trip, you, you would have thought you'd be first in line. Look, I've definitely been <laughs> sowing the seed um, <laughs> over the last couple of days. I, I said... I said last night, I, I think I'm the lucky charm of the Socceroos. One camp <laughs> and then one World Cup qualification. How hard can it be, really? Um, Sounds pretty easy so to me. I think, yeah, I think my main focus from now on, um, at least for the near future, would be we have the Matildas matches in early, early September. Um, and then the Socceroos have their game um, in sort of later September. 
Um, and then I'm not sure if I should say that. I don't think it's been announced yet. Oh, well, now it's been announced. <laughs> you um, heard it here first. Sportsgrad exclusives. We love them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we've, we have some games coming up in November as well. Um, that I'll, I'll be sort of, you know, looking towards, but, um, definitely putting my, um, my name in the hat. Uh, for that World Cup trip. For those who are listening to you thinking, what an incredible journey, what an incredible job, what an amazing experience. How do I do that? How do I get myself into a position where you are in Doha watching your national your national team qualify for the World Cup? I want, I'd love to hear from you. Why do you think your managers asked you to take on these extra responsibilities on a handful of occasions because you didn't have to do all these different things. You got asked, hey, can you come along to this tournament? Can you help out with this other match that's happening in another city? Why do you think um, uh, they asked you to do these extra things? Um, I think probably the main reason is because um, I can't say no. <laughs> um, they always um, – it, for me, I just really want to work hard and show that I'm, you know, committed to my role here at football Australia and, and, you know, my roles previous, um, and show that I'm willing to do, you know, the hard tasks and the ones that maybe people don't want to do. For example, last night I spent about two hours putting those massive TIFOs out behind, um, the goal, just, just me and a couple other staff members, um, because, you know, there was no one else to do it. So I guess for me, I'm always happy to help. I'm always saying yes to sort of extracurricular stuff, um, that I can, you know, do in my role. Um, one, it gives me, so much more experience and so much more of a broad range of experience. It's not just, yeah, I can run a football match, but now, you know, I have, I can, you know, help with, you know, the kit manager. I can help the team manager. I, I know what to do when it comes to, you know, running an international match. So there's so many different things now that I um, have experience in because I've, you know, been willing to just, you know, get down and get dirty and, and, and help with the jobs that maybe people don't necessarily want to do. Um, but it just shows that I, um, you know, I, I work hard um, and I, I want to um, succeed. I want to progress within the company. Um, and hopefully people can see see that in, in the work I can do while speaking to, um, you know, one of the executive you know leadership team um, last night and um, he was – thanking me for all, all my hard work. And it just came to my mind that, you know, um, the only reason why I'm here is because I worked hard in my roles previous and also in this role here. Um, you know, if I sat back and I was like, you know what, it's fine. Yeah, I can run a match. Yeah, easy, perfect, and not go that extra mile, um, I probably wouldn't be here today. It's unreal, mate. And, like, it's just great hearing about, you know, the, the hard work and the journey you've been on to get to where you are because you're right, you, you could have just sort of taken your role in Australia and you would have been like, okay, yep, whatever, that that's totally fine. But it sounds like you have a genuine passion for what you do and you've just thought, nah, I'm going to pull my finger out here, I'm going to work hard and that has given you the rewards of, of being able to go over to Doha, which is unbelievable. Next question, where do you want to move to now so you've obviously done this you've got all this great experience but where, where do you want to get to in the next say two or three years because it sounds like you have got all this amazing experience uh so you know there's there's, there's nothing to say you can't progress a bit, little bit quicker than you might have thought yeah so um obviously the world cup at the end, end of this year um we have the women's world cup you know next year as well um and then 
sort of after that, once we've gone through the Women's World Cup and then um, we start that World Cup cycle, um, I probably want to stay at Football Australia, um, you know, a couple more 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 years to develop that experience. Um, the end goal would be probably to work for FIFA. Um, there's actually um, a, a gentleman that was working there last night who's come through the ranks of Football Australia that now works at FIFA and actually ran the match, um, you know, last night for FIFA. Um, so that's sort of the progression that I, I would love to sort of take. Um, but it's probably a long-term goal and then, and then an even longer-term goal um, would be to help out the Brisbane Olympics in 2032. I think that would be an amazing experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you want to learn about how to do that, go back and listen to Natalie Cook, the beach volleyball gold medalist from the Sydney 2000 Olympics and proud Queenslander who is uh, on the board of the local organising committee for Brisbane. So we, we talked to her only a couple of episodes in uh, 100 and, episode 170-odd, I think. Um but that's awesome. Is that that FIFA guy who's come from Australia, is he allowed to celebrate when we win the match? <laughs> uh, I think he had some subdu- subdued celebrations. Um, I think he, he sort of had to keep it low-key considering he had to run the game. Um, but I think he'd, he'd, he'd be very happy. We love that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, that is a phenomenal lineup that you've got coming up because not only have you had this experience, but the FIFA Women's World Cup is coming to Australia next year. And it sounds like your role kind of spans across all different national teams and competitions, not just pigeonholed in, into the one. Can you tell us more about what sort of work you'd be doing for the for the FIFA World Cup and the Matildas? That's a great question. I actually don't know yet. Um, I've been told that I'll be helping out with the Women's World Cup and uh, our events team will sort of be there, there, their support. But in terms of actual roles, um, I think the focus is on now on the on, on the Men's World Cup. Um, and then I think we'll work through it uh, post-February in, to exactly what I'll be doing. But um, I'd love to go behind the scenes and see, you know, how these matches are run and, um, and, and how FIFA and, you know, the World Cup team actually run these matches, which would be a great experience to bring back, um, you know, to my national team matches as well. Fantastic. Unreal. Well, sounds like you've got a, a packed calendar of events coming <laughs> up. It's certainly... Uh, There's no en- shortage. Enviable. <laughs> um, it's a great time to be a football Australia. <laughs> yeah. Have you got any more questions? No, I think we've covered it. I, I mean, I I really just wanted to know all about the game, and I, I, we've got a good summary there. And just hearing how you were running on the field is something else. But also, we love it. We love redders. We we love the grey wiggle. So good yeah. to hear more. We about all that. love redders. <laughs> Surely, I'll he... send you guys a video. I actually took I actually took a video of myself. Like, um, I took a video of the pen and then a save and then me like running onto the field and then you just see me like tackle Matty Ryan because he's like <laughs> stopped because we, we thought the VAR had actually pulled the penalty back. Oh, no. And so oh everyone kind of like God. stopped for a second and then we like went again and you just see me like <laughs> smash into Matty Ryan at, 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 at the end. So How um, smashing like, into your idol. Yeah, send us that video. Thing, like I'm, I'm actually a goalkeeper. Um, and, and, you know, Matty Ryan is one of my major idols that I've you know looked up to since I was young. Um, and to actually be a part of a camp with him to have, you know, talks with him and then to actually you know, celebrate qualifying for a world cup with him was just an unreal experience. That's crazy. 
That's so, so cool. And and please send us that video. We'll use that in the promo for this podcast. Absolutely. I will. I definitely will. <laughs> sounds like all the videos that people... It's a bit were, shaky though. Yeah, that's all right. It sounds like all the videos that people were taking when they were streaming onto the SCG when Buddy kicked goal 1000, except on steroids. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Love it. Well, I've got, I've got no more questions. No, I think that's it. I think, Sam, the Socceroos are my favorite team to follow in any sport across all competitions, uh, which is why I had the very same career goal as you. So I am a little bit envious, to be honest, talking to you right now and what you've just been through, but it is incredible to to hear it from you. I'm, you know, getting chills and so happy for you and so happy that you're part of our community and and even just some of the content that you've shared with us inside our community over the last few weeks, letting uh, fellow members inside the Socceroos camp and what you're up to and what it's like working over in Doha has just been absolutely phenomenal. To get that sort of access is, in, is incredibly rare. So thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for fronting up over after just a couple of hours sleep. We know you've had a big night and you've got a, some busy hours to come before you leave Doha, but thanks so much for, for sharing your experience on the podcast, mate. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me on here. Appreciate it. Well, Rubes, uh, we love having our man on the ground, Sam Hickson. That was that was awesome. I must say, he does need some sleep. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's put in a mighty effort to he, front up for that podcast. He's put in one of the great efforts to, to front up for a podcast. Uh, I'm not sure we could do it, to be honest with you. One hour, two hours sleep, you've just qualified for a World Cup and you're fronting up for a podcast. <laughs> Jeez, a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah, we've asked a lot of our podcast guests in the past. We had uh, Kevin Woods from the Richmond Football Club yeah. on the day after they won the grand final. Uh, I think we had Aaron Wharton from the Sydney Sixers straight on after. I think we had Amar Alawalia on straight after the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So Michael Wolfert also. Michael Wolfert in the in the lead, lead up. up to the Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, so yeah, another mighty performance from another mighty podcast guest. <laughs> <laughs> It shows that people are committed to the pod. Yeah. When time may not allow, they put in the hard work. That's so it. it's uh we love it. Absolutely. Um but yeah, wow, that was how's the insight? Ah, incredible. I think this is just an amazing insight into what it's like working in sport and why this industry gives you experiences unlike any other industry in the world and yep. the jobs available are incredible. They you have moments that you, you can't pay for. Uh, that are worth all the hard hours, worth the the low pay. It's just amazing what jobs in this industry open open up for you. Yeah, Sam's had an amazing experience. Uh, he mentioned how we we talked about the comparisons to two thousand and five to two thousand and twenty two. Yeah, and he said this is you know the best moment that he's ever experienced in soccer his history, mm. um, because he was too young to experience the other one at the time. Uh, I happened to be an 11-year-old boy in the stadium in Sydney in 2005 and watched Australia qualify for that World Cup. And being in the stands of that was the moment that inspired me to pursue a career in sport because what I was witnessing in the stadium was unlike anything else I'd ever seen before. Mm. And I thought, if I can dedicate my life and my career to creating incredible experiences like this for others, yeah. then I'll be have a lot of fun along the way. Yeah. So to chat with Sam is just amazing because he's living out my dream (laughs) right now. And I think it's awesome that Sam's been able to have this experience for himself because it would just be inspiring to him to want to do more and more and more. Yeah. I loved his answer to that question about Aloisi or Redmayne. Mm. Because 
you can't just live in the past with these moments. You know what I mean? He, he wants to be a part of the future moments. Mm. And that was why it's so great that he chose that one because he's living it, he's breathing it. He was too young, but yes, he can go on YouTube and check it out and think that's amazing. But it's all about wanting to create these new moments in, in his career. So, yeah, amazing. The fact that he was on the field jumping on everyone, I was like, whoa. With, with his boyhood With his hero, hero, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. That is, yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. So... Jeez, a lot to take away. We don't even need to tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we basically just gave you a bit of a, a, a look under the hood mm. of, of what's happening uh, behind the scenes mm. uh, with Football Australia. So quite exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I, w- I will say that if you want to hear more about the Socceroos and Football Australia, go back to episode 20. We, ep- we interviewed Carlo Casparian, their general manager of digital yeah. media and marketing back then. Uh, he had an incredible experience coming through the Chelsea Football Club in the English Premier League to get yep. to Football Australia. And the other one you won't find on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This is on YouTube. This has yep. gone way, way back. Uh, one of the earliest YouTube interviews I did was with a bloke called Joel Freem. And he was the team manager of the Socceroos. Yeah. And I, I think he went to three or four World Cups with the team. Uh, so if you want to hear what his experience was like at previous World Cups, jump onto YouTube, search sports grad Joel Frame, and you'll be able to find that interview. Fantastic. Lots to check out. We do love the Socceroos on the, on the sports grad podcast. So plenty of content. Uh, awesome. Well, connect with us on LinkedIn. Plus be sure to jump into the sports grad community. We'd love to chat with you on there. Head to sportsgrad.com.au slash community to join or head to the link in our show notes. Also, if you love the show, we would love for you to rate the show five stars wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe on Apple or follow on Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 